Hey everybody, welcome back to Not Sponsored by Liquid Death, Five Songs or Less. It's Danny, there's Lindsay. We both had some shitty stressful days, but god damn it, we're going to podcast. We're here. Yeah. We're going to do it. We're Even though I loved and then didn't love the replacements, today we're going to talk about Paul Westerberg. That's exactly why we're going to talk about Paul Westerberg. <laughs> is I can't, I have trouble sleeping at night, mm-hmm. thinking that you have any negative feelings towards Paul Westerberg. So we're gonna, we're gonna fix that. Hopefully, we have fixed that. <laughs> that <laughs> silence there makes me think maybe not. So here's here's the question I want to start out with. You told me that you were running a little late because you were finishing a <laughs> Star Wars YouTube video. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So my question is. Watching or making a Star Trek Star Wars? <laughs> uh, uh, watching a Star Wars YouTube video uh, on Screen Crush YouTube channel. Screen Crush with Ryan Erie. Everybody watch. Um, is very is very interesting. It made me very excited about the future of Star Wars and where they might be going with all the Disney Plus shows and stuff. So yeah. It was interesting, and I was like, "Sorry, Lindsay, you're gonna have to wait." I... <laughs> it's okay. I've I've known men before. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching with my wife. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, no, you're still a dude that likes Star Wars. Yes, like I've yes. I've met your kind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's you know I have to say I don't watch a lot of like I don't just sit down and watch YouTube. It's, it's something I don't really do. But no, I was just thinking as we froze here, which is funny enough, that I've done this enough times with you, but I still don't have like a real like setup. Like it's not like, okay, it's time to record. Let me, there are a couple things I do. I put the dogs in the other room now. I have a, a pretty decent mic that's on long-term loan from some friends. Mm-hmm. Same mic that But I it's use. like, uh, yes, yeah, it was, it's kind of cool that way. Um because you can help me troubleshooting, <laughs> as we have done a lot of in the last few episodes. But um, I, I, like we've discussed the sort of, you know, uh, I don't, people have probably figured out right now, that, or they listen and they know that we do the FaceTime thing. Yes, to sort of, yes. Yeah. And so for whatever reason, my laptop doesn't like that. So I have my phone perched on a box of seven inches. Um, And so I could probably like get like a real, I could work a little harder is what I'm saying. And so I'm saying, I'm sorry. (laughs) No problem at all. Uh... So I think um, one of the things that is interesting to me that may or may not be interesting to the people listening Mm -hmm. is that this is probably the, I gave you this playlist, I think, the same day I gave you the Replacements playlist. So that's been... Yeah, if not the same day. Or within a week. Really around the same time, yeah. So that's been several months now, right? Possibly even six months. Mm -hmm. And we pulled this one out of its dusty corner because we had a playlist that I made that we both really loved, I think. And we were about to pull the trigger on recording... And oh, uh, oh, right. Yes. And so we had what I referred to as 
when good bands happen to bad people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, in the course of making my notes and doing a little extra research on this band that I have loved for years, discovered that the band is kind of like not great people. Yeah. And it's when I when I when we were first talking about it, I was like in my head, I was kind of like, well, this was like late 90s, early 2000s. But then one of the things in particular you said uh, that really kind of like, well, that's when you get to that point, when you're making jokes or whatever it was, slurs, I don't know, about the Muslim community, like that's going a little too far, especially back then. And I mean, like we kind of sort of laughed about it for a second, talking about mm-hmm. the Smiths and Morrissey and how we all reckon with that now. Yeah. Um, because I, I think I can't think of anybody who really supports the person Morrissey is now. So I, but it's a tough thing because people do grow and change and evolve. And we've talked about this a lot, Mm -hmm. but for me, it was just like a a few too many tallies and a few too, if anything, if anything, it was just, okay, there's a little more I need to learn before I tell the world how much I love this band. (laughs) Um, and, and it's, you know, like to be frank, like just like the Smiths, it's not a band that I'm going to stop listening to. It's just not a band that I want to scream from the mountaintops that other people should listen to what they have to say. So here's a question for you. I am pretty adamant about certain, let's see, I do occasionally, I guess, listen to the Smiths. I don't know. I feel like I haven't listened to them on purpose in a really, really long time. The The band that always comes to mind nowadays uh, when I think of uh, good bands happening to bad people, is that is that the way you put it? or? Yeah. Okay. Is the band brand new because their singer turned out to be like a groomer and a shitty, all around shitty dude. Um, so I like will not listen to that band ever again. There's another band that I didn't uh, come across until 2022 uh, that I liked a lot. And then I found out their singer had a while ago, like a few years ago, like accusations of sexual coercion and and stuff like that. And the difference though is he actually did the work. Like he listened to the, the people, I don't know how many people it was, uh, that were accused, making the accusations and stuff. And their request to him was seek therapy, pause the band for a while, like seek therapy and, you know, do the, do the work and things like that. And, from what I've read, he did the work. I'm st- I'm still conflicted about listening to the band. Since I found this out, I have, I have still not listened to the band. So I don't know what what do you how do you feel about that kind of stuff? Yeah. So I mean, it, it makes me think of because this is something that we reckon with in everything. It's not mm-hmm. just like recent bands or bands from 20 years ago and like oh what do we do, but it's like the Beatles are pieces of shit. Yeah. You know, yeah, David, David Bowie, Bowie fucked teenagers. Zeppelin. Um, I just saw, I saw yeah. a thing on TikTok today about uh, uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers, like stuff that they've done. Oh, yeah. 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 No. They, yeah. I mean, that, that's the thing. It's like we all still listen to those bands. Mm-hmm. 
Well, not red, um, not red Hot Chili Peppers. How, when's the last time you listened to Red Hot Chili Peppers? Oh, Danny. <laughs> Unfortunately. <Today>? Uh, <laughs> I mean, I didn't say intentionally, but I went into my yoga class and oh, I was waiting for wait, yoga to start. What? <laughs> they were playing Californication. Oh, okay. okay. As I was waiting for the yoga class to start, <laughs> it was on the, the overhead. And I was like, I, it's not my favorite type of yoga. It's sort of like yoga aerobics. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like the kind of like bliss out and sure. like like Relax. slightly ASMR-y kind of yeah. Mm-hmm. But this is like one of those like movement jump up down. Mm. No no. I'm and sweating so already. Do the thing that I do it is nice to sweat. It is like an aerobic thing. Mm-hmm. But what I do like to what I do like about this class is the guy is hippie enough to be like this is your practice. You do it your way. Mm. And so my way is doing half the sets. And then just chilling on my mat and sure. meditating mm-hmm. for half an hour, which is like weird when there's like, uh, you know, but, um, you know, it's, it's my, mm-hmm. it's my time. It's my hour. Yeah. But yes, yeah, so I have listened to the, 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 um, Red Hot Chili Peppers. <laughs> um, I, I remember a period in my youth when I liked them. Hmm. Do you, did you ever have that period? Never to the point of purchasing an album or anything, but I feel like maybe in in junior high, I was fine with them. See, my dad had blood sugar sex magic. Mm -hmm. Um, I think he, my dad would just sort of like, my dad was always one for trying things Mm. and like, it was kind of like, ah, you know, this isn't for me. Um, Here, you listen to this and let's never, ever talk about the lyrics. Um... (laughs) But I did, you know, like I did buy like Uplift Mofo Party Plan on cassette, uh-huh. you know, mainly because I was a, you know, preteen and it's fun to say. Yeah, yeah. But um, no, I mean, yeah, it, it, it's this, I mean, the, the whole like separating art from artist conversation is just this never ending thing. Yeah. And I hate it. I hate grappling with it. Mm-hmm. I hate that some of my favorite albums are made by reprehensible people or that like yeah. or that bands of people that were probably pretty good people and probably are really embarrassed now 15 20 years later that they made some like mm-hmm. jokes that you know when one stands back and looks at them were pretty fucked up to start yeah. with it's yeah. it's just um but i mean it's sort of like have you ever tried going through your record collection and like picking out the one spotless person? <laughs> no. Like, I mean, it's maybe, maybe it's Weird Al. Maybe, yeah, maybe. I don't have any Weird Al records. I need to get some. I don't apparently. have any. I might still have a CD, but I mean, like, I think like mm-hmm. Weird Al may be like the one unimpeachable artist yeah, in yeah. the world. Dolly Parton. Sure. Yes. Weird Al, Dolly Parton. Do you have any? Do you have any names to throw in the hat? Um, let's let me think really quick. Um, oh, I've got Discogs open. Let's let's see. <laughs> you're gonna pull up. Dis- I'm gonna pull up oh, my you're gonna go through your collection real quick. Yeah. Just see what things I bought recently. Maybe the uh, Paramore. I don't, the singer of Paramore. Maybe I don't know. No, well, MXPX. <laughs> 
I almost went there, but then I thought of that joke that the guy made about like homeless people. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it, but again, it's, that's that's one of those jokes people make without thinking, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I think you know, I don't know. It's like, something and that's I, I've, really hard to get away from. And I don't want to excuse any of it, <clears throat> and it's 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 it, but it lingers. Like you hear albums, and then it, it yeah. lingers. Yeah, I do. I do appreciate finding out like about the the band that I was talking about, or the guy that I was talking about specifically, that he did listen and and do the work and didn't so many times it's like automatically jumping to defense and saying no that didn't happen no that didn't happen that kind of thing so i do appreciate that i've just been kind of struggling with it since i found that out um because it had that not had i not found out or it never happened that would have been my top album of last year because I like that album a lot. Yeah. But yeah, and I mean it's it's like I'm certainly like I've had to do the work with friends where I've said things where I wasn't thinking. Sure. I've done that recently and it's like it's tough and it's embarrassing mm-hmm. and it's like, you know, but does need to be done. Yeah. Um and I mean that's the other thing is like when people are doing it right, they do the work and they don't, you know, like expect pats on the back for mm-hmm. it you know? <laughs> yeah so that makes it even uh, yeah the, oh man yep i just i i'm it's a, i like to bring things down it's a shitty thing it's a shit uh cody and some uh some other friends and, and nate as well we're all talking about uh i'll, I'll name this band for whatever reason but the band saves the day because a couple of years ago now some stuff came out about that singer um oh i didn't know that yeah. I have a funny saves the day story. Okay, I want to hear it. It's not re- not really a, a saves the day story, oh, but okay. it is a saves the day story. So when I was a teenager in my little town, I had like a little uh, distro that I ran out of a milk crate. And I would, mm-hmm. you know, like go over to the skate park and sell records there. But um, I also had that job working in an outlet mall. And I ended up talking to like this guy who's from sort of a different he was like one of the they were like the kind of like scummy-ish punk people mm-hmm. and then there were like the sort of intellectual punk people and there were the sort of like christian punk people and i say this as if there was like a large population in my town but this was probably about <laughs> a was dozen four people <laughs> exactly yeah it was like... but um there were there were other punks in the outlet mall <laughs> and um so so I was like, oh, yeah, I, I, I sell records. And they're like, you sell records? Um, I'm like, fuck, yeah, I do. <laughs> so really what it was is like I put out a couple records for friends bands when I was young. And I was really bad at it. And so like you started distro because then at least you have some other. It's like, hey, while you're buying this thing you really do want, yeah. how about you spend $3 on this? Yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I take not the whole milk crate like a little shoebox, like just sort of a sampler stuff I have to sell over to this guy's store mm-hmm. in the LM mall. And I've never been a big Saves the Day fan. Like I, but I'm trying, like I, there was some stuff in there that was like, I had some Saves the Day in there. I had some Boy Sets Fire in mm-hmm. there. Just like, yeah. Um, stuff that like I knew I could talk people into. Mm-hmm. But this guy is like thumbing through. He's looking at the Boy Sets Fire. He's looking, you know, he's like 
going right past the stuff that I put out because he has no <laughs> idea what it is. Nobody knows, man. Uh, actually, everybody knows the bands. I'll just like d- don't put out records for your friends' bands because they'll just break up. <laughs> like they'll they'll they don't. It doesn't matter how many thousands of dollars you put in. They'll break up before before the record comes out. Not better. <laughs> but yeah, so the, so the guy's thumbing through. He's looking at all these records. And then he just goes, oh, man. And I was like, what's wrong? And he just like holds up the Save the Day record. And he's like, that's what my band's called. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. Uh, oh, actually, no, it's even better than that. It's what his it's what his twin brother's band is called. And so then he bought the CD so he could, like, rag on his yeah, brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I picked up your album today, to third hand. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. I know. I love it. And I've still not listened to Saves the Day. Um, I probably listened to it when I got Maybe, it. Maybe. Yeah. But... Um, Maybe, yeah. I uh, used to really like that band. I mean, I guess I still do really like them. If I put it on, I would be singing along really loud. And if if you uh, listen to their first album, it's like you're listening to Lifetime. I was thinking about that the other day when we we talked about um, Iron Sheik, and we did not touch on Lifetime at all. And like a week later, I was like, what the hell are we doing? Well, oh, yeah, oh we did also didn't touch on their Bikini Kill cover, which I totally forgot I was going to talk to you about. Oh, you should have told me about that. What did they cover? Um, oh, I sent it to you. Did you? I ignored it, apparently. Uh, did you send it as like ski. a link or something? Oh, Jet Ski's a good song. You know the you know the trick with... with um, messages right how you can go in yeah info and it'll, but that was yeah. like too obvious yeah <laughs> jet ski's a good song jet ski's jet ski might be the best song on that album oh, okay from what i understand that is the one bikini at kill album you own i i believe i had a cd of it a long time ago yeah so there is actually um a really good Bikini Kill like EP of three bands covering six. Um, no, it's not. It's not all Bikini Kill. Okay, I don't want to talk about that because I don't want to get it wrong. But anyway, there's there's like, um, is it Bikini Kill and Huggy Bear covers? Yeah, it has to be Bikini Kill and Huggy Bear covers because it's an EP called "This Is Happening Without Your Permission," uh-huh. and it's a six song EP includes Taco Cat. Oh, okay. I haven't been able to find any of that stuff online, um, even on like anybody ripping it on YouTube. Mm. Um, it's a really good record, but yeah. Eh, anyway. Anyway, hmm. I did not think of any uh, pre-pod bullshit to talk about. I think we just did a whole lot of that. Yeah, I know, but something more, more uh, lively, Fun. less depressing. Something that's not about sexual predators. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I haven't tried any new jerkies lately. Mm-hmm. I haven't come into contact with any fanny packs. Mm-hmm. Although, um, my old bandmate who, actually when we talked about the replacements oh so long ago, mm-hmm. uh, I was telling her fanny pack story, um, or her schooling me on fanny packs. Oh, right, right, right. And she just, 
Yeah, and she just listened to it the other day, and she's like, hey, thanks for the shout-out. What's your address? And she just sent me a late 80s copy of Vegetarian Times with uh, the Phoenix family on the cover. Whoa. Like River Joaquin, the Whoa. whole thing. Yeah, so... Yeah, and I haven't had a chance to dig in yet, but that was that was my my little um, gifty from my old bandmate. That's Megan. cool. Was a '80s vegetarian times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, made me happy. Made me happy. I like being people's vegetarian. Friend. <laughs> um, here's the thing we could talk about really quick. Uh, we don't necessarily have to do an overrated, underrated, favorite, least favorite. Um, but I was thinking about this. Members of the uh, members of uh, the Red Hot Chili Peppers overrated <laughs> favorite. <laughs> no, no. Let's go with yours because it's probably better. I only know two names, so um, <laughs> ma- like magazines, magazines that we liked uh, in our youth. Oh, boom, Sassy. Sure. Okay. I don't think I ever looked at a at a copy of Sassy. You're a boy. I know. You're a straight yeah, man. Yeah. Um, but I mean, no, it was amazing. I mean, Sassy was like where I, f- Sassy was where I first heard about zines. Oh, um, okay. I bought my first zine because I read about it in Sassy. Mm. Growing up in my house, like, because of my dad, um, Rolling Stone was a constant in the house. Mm. Um, there was a period when he had a subscription to Spin. Spin was a, um, was a big one for me for quite a while. Uh, that one, there was, uh, so in the eighth, no, probably seventh grade, seventh grade, uh, that's when the big three happened, the Rancid, Green Day, and the Offspring. Uh, you know, Dookie was out, Smash was out, and out come the wolves. And I loved all three of those. The Holy Trinity. The Holy Trinity, exactly, (laughs) uh, of 1995 or whatever. But I liked all three of those albums. And I think it was my sister subscribed uh, to Spin, or maybe she just picked up uh, a copy at whatever store. But it had a catalog in it for Anti. So it was Epitaph's like mail order catalog before Anti was a label. Yeah. It was just called that. And she pulled it out of there and handed it to me. And she's like, you probably liked it. I'm sure she like looked through it first. But it was like, in my memory, it was like the moment that like as soon as she handed it to me, it's like, oh, because it had mm-hmm. all this music. Like that was a big discovery point for me um, was looking through there and seeing like, oh, Offspring has other albums. Green Day has other albums. And, you know, all the Rancid has other albums. And then like that's how I got into other bands that I don't like anymore, like like Pennywise and, you know, stuff like that. But yeah, so like Spin was was pretty big. I remember having copies. Um, I don't think I subscribed to that one. Maybe my sister did, and that's where I got them. My sister was a big part of my my musical youth. Yeah. So what about like, did you ever buy records from skate catalogs? No, I got very into mail order, but it was it was very much like the catalogs from labels. So I I didn't usually do like magazine mail order. Yeah, because I, I am not a skater. I tried really, really hard, mm-hmm. but I have no balance, <laughs> like none. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm a delicate little flower. I cry <laughs> when I fall over. But, but, you know, as a kid who is trying very hard to skate, I ended up with a lot of skate catalogs. And so, like, I ended up getting records from skate catalogs. Mm-hmm. And that, a lot of what 
and it was like the epitaph and stuff that I listened to. Like Bikini Kill probably happened, I think, because I was. I'm try. I can't remember exactly what was out of stock, but I was like doing my first like order from one of these skate catalogs because that's also where you got your band T-shirts, right? Mm. And so I ordered some. I was trying to order some records because I finally had like my own record player. You know, my dad gave mm-hmm. me his, and something I wanted was out of stock. And the guy on the phone was just like, "Here, you want Bikini Kill, huh?" And I was like, "Okay." <laughs> and like I'd heard the name because Bikini Kill had gotten big enough that like they showed up in Rolling Stone, uh-huh. like which was weird. But I was like, "Okay." <laughs> so yeah, I got into Bikini Kill because something else was out of stock at a at the skateboard company That's distro. Cool. Yeah, <laughs> poser me doesn't skate though. So, and then eventually, like, you know, you discover these other little distros Mm -hmm. or bigger distros. Magazine-wise, did you ever buy any of the CMJ, College Music Journal? Mm -mm. You know, the ones that came with the CDs? Mm -mm. They came with, like, sampler CDs. So that's how I know what, it's how I know what later Bad Religion sounds like. Oh, okay. Not, they don't sound bad. (laughs) Don't sound bad. There's a um, in the dollar section at Phono Select. There's a CD by a band called Marry Me Jane, mm. who had a single called Twenty One, mm-hmm. and it's like not a great song. It's not a bad song, but it was on one of the CMG CMJ CDs that I had. Mm-hmm. And the CD I found it the other day. It's wrecked. It's completely <laughs> unplayable. But I kind of wanted to know what that Marry Me Jane soundtrack is like but I'm not willing to spend the dollar. I think if I wanted to know what it sounded like, I I think I could find a way, but I, I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) But the, the, this is a long way of saying that everyone should go to Phono Select and buy the dollar CDs because they're actually pretty Mm -hmm. good. Thrasher was another big one. I subscribed to Thrasher for a long time as a, as a kid. Oh, cool. And I don't know. I can't remember if I like discovered music through Thrasher, but I remember that was always my favorite part was those few pages toward the back of them covering different bands and stuff. I remember seeing like they had an article for like the Get Up Kids, like before I knew who the Get Up Kids were. Uh, but I remember that one just because I thought it was a weird name. I thought they were a ska band, but they weren't a ska band. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, I can see yeah. that. It's not the pickup kids. It's the pickup kids. <laughs> pick kids. Somebody could really make a lot of money on like a kids ska album called the Pick It the Up pick Kids. Pick It Up Kids. If they had songs about cleaning your uh-huh, room. Uh-huh. Mike yeah. Park came out with a um, children's ska album. I didn't listen to it. I think I listened to it once. It was okay, but it wasn't called the Pick It Up Kids, which is a problem. It's a it's a real loss to the mm-hmm, community. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I suppose there's still time. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's still he's still doing his thing. Yeah, or I mean, you know, the name is there for the yeah. taking, Danny. And I mean, you've only got one band right now, right? It's true. I only have one band right now, and I kind of know how to play ska. I can do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. It's done. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. I'll take up trumpet just to help. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Those were kind of the big ones for me, like as a teenager. Spin, Thrasher, and then like 
mail or I just got really into mail order catalogs. Do you remember, uh, did you ever, like you must have like ordering from somebody's distro that was just like a, a, a angel fire page <laughs> and like just sending like 10 or $20 to like the shadiest, shittiest of websites and like hoping you would get some records oh, one day? Mine, a lot of those were like, um, wasn't on off the internet. It was like the back of magazines and stuff where they'd have like the bootleg advertisements oh uh, I, yeah one time it never showed up i remember uh, i can't remember what the bootleg was but oh one time i i ordered a operation ivy bootleg of like the demos and stuff like that uh and it came and it had the wrong music on it it was like this spanish music that, that was on the cd and I actually was able to send it back, and they sent me uh, the correct one. The only time I ever really lost money sending cash through the mail was to, like, a, a independent book publisher. Um, and I don't think that that had anything to do with, like, it wasn't a scammy publisher. Mm-hmm. It was just that I sent a shit ton of money through the mail. <laughs> um, and that's, you know, like, and my parents had always warned me about yeah, yeah, that. Yeah. Like, I will, I will, I will share this on the podcast that the very first scene I ever bought, my dad, my dad wrote a dollar check <laughs> to the name of the mm-hmm. zine because he saw me putting a dollar in the envelope <laughs> and he could not abide by yeah, sending yeah. money through the mail. And so I'm sure there's this very flummoxed person who could not, like, <laughs> You know, like, but that's, um, that's such a dad Mm -hmm. thing, right? And like, that's, that's why I had a PO box is like, I was buying things and he's like, you can't have people send things to the house. Wow. It's like, but that's literally what the mail is. Yeah. Come on, dad. Yeah. And it's just so this, this poor, this very kind person who just did a a little, like just one-off Perzine got a dollar check for my dad and was still kind enough to send me a, a zine for for money that he could not possibly have accessed yeah. because, you know, anyway. But that's also a story about how my dad's a really great guy because he, rather than just telling me he wouldn't do it, he, like, wrote a weird yeah, check. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, don't send that dollar yeah, through the you're mail. Yeah, lose that dollar. And then what are you going to do? Not have a zine? I'm going to lose $60 to, <laughs> to an indie press is what I'm going to do. Yeah. All right. But You want to talk about Paul Westerberg? We've put it off long enough. We've put it Let's off long it. enough. So um, I want to talk. We, we touched on this for a minute, mm-hmm. which is that You've had this playlist for a very long time. Mm-hmm. It's kind of always been like the back pocket playlist, but yeah. we joke about it a lot. But it hurts my heart that your love for the placements didn't stick. Yeah. So my hope is that giving you this Paul Westerberg solo playlist will sort of balance out like, hey, like this really is an amazing songwriter. And yeah, like, yeah, yeah. There is more good than bad. Um, I mean, I know he's a good songwriter, even before listening to this playlist. Like, the three songs from the Replacements playlist that I did like, I liked a lot, and they're very solid 
uh, well-written songs. So I knew that going in. I, I think my thing was I, with the replacements was I was expecting maybe a little too much when I went to actually listen to the albums. And that was kind of maybe mm -hmm. the, the downside. There's like some weird stuff on there that I wasn't expecting. And so I don't know, it might be something that I revisit eventually and uh, dig into a little more. Right now, it feels like they're more of a, I can pick out, you know, I like these these four songs off of this album. I like these four songs off of this album and kind of like make a playlist of, of my favorite songs. Which is literally what this podcast is. So that's why I'm a exactly, like, exactly. Yeah. All that said, I am maybe a little, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm cautiously optimistic about the rest of his solo catalog. So we'll, we'll oh, see. Oh, this is good news. Yeah, we'll see. This is good news. Um, how, so did you get into his solo stuff like right away or was it more of a later thing? Like you like the replacements because we had talked about um, you kind of hearing them growing up and stuff. Uh, did, did Paul Westerberg's solo come later for you? I'll tell you exactly what happened. Okay. Um, so, I mean, like I said, the replacements are always just sort of playing in the house mm -hmm. when I was growing up. And so as a kid, it wasn't like I was with the B-52s where it was just like, yeah, I love this. This is one of my favorite bands ever. This is just another good record that played in my house, sure. like, you know, Matthew Sweet or something like things that were good and I would recognize by name, but that, you know, I, I wouldn't necessarily like, you know, like put in my top 10 favorite bands when I was a 10 year old or sure. something. Right. Sure. So the first song on the playlist is from Singles. Oh, okay. Singles okay. is. Um, did you ever what? Did you ever see the movie Singles? Uh, a few years ago. You mean somewhat recently? Somewhat recently. Wow. See, because I saw it back in the day, mm -hmm. and it was like I. It was like I was a little too young for it, so it had that like appeal of like whoa. Yeah. yeah. And it was you know like I had been in my Nirvana phase, and mm -hmm. you know there's members of Pearl Jam and stuff in the movie itself. There's members of Soundgarden yeah. in the movie itself, and it is actually just a really really good soundtrack album. Mm -hmm. And the movie's about Seattle. There's a whole lot of stuff that involves the Seattle music scene. Paul Westerberg obviously is not from Seattle. No. But he's got two very prominent tracks on the album. Mm -hmm. And so having really loved this movie as a kid and like it's like a really great soundtrack album. Like I don't I don't think there's a stinker on that album. Mm -hmm. His songs are really highlights of that album. I mean they're very, very different than like the Pearl Jam tracks yeah, on yeah, there, yeah. obviously. They're it's very different than Alice in Chains. Track. No, no. Yeah. But they're two really big songs, and I think they were sort of equally popular, but nowadays I hear people talking about Dyslexic Heart more. Hmm. Dyslexic Heart is... On one hand, I feel like it's really just a cheesier song. On the other hand, I... It's very easy to write me off as someone who bends over backwards to like maybe ridiculous extents to be inclusive, but um, the whole dyslexic mm. thing ma makes me cringe a little bit because it is ableist, mm -hmm. you know, like, I don't know. But so, yeah, but 
the other song, the song that I gave you from the single soundtrack, uh, just love. Yeah. Um, yeah. It is. We'll get right into it. Uh, songs called "Waiting for Somebody." It is a very good song. It's still like, there's, I think f- four of the five songs you gave me have like these weird, like first half seconds where there's like a, okay, or a, uh. yeah. <laughs> and so like the first time I, I pushed play on this playlist, I was like, oh, it, cause it, it jumps in immediately yeah. and it almost sounds like you're, you're missing the first half second of the song or whatever. And so I like skipped back and I was like, oh, no, because I thought maybe, you know, my thing was audio was messed up for a second or something. But no, it's part of what I love. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I remember I feel like there was something like that on the replacements playlist as well that I that I liked. Um, I want to say there's something from Bastards of Young. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, really good song. The the like uh sound that he makes at the beginning sounds Mm -hmm. like uh Oh God, Bol- Bolin! What's the guy's name? T Rex guy. Mark Bolin. Mark Bolin. It sounds like Mark Bolin for a second, which is kind of fun. Back to the movie singles. Since I saw it yeah. so late in life, didn't really like it, but the soundtrack is really, really good. I don't think it's a movie that holds up. I mean, I think like the whole. I mean, I can't say it doesn't hold up because I haven't seen it in a long time sure. either, but. Maybe these people have, like, more of... I mean, none of them were supposed to have particularly functional relationships. Mm -hmm. So the fact that I think they were normies is probably (laughs) something that I need to be worried about. (laughs) But, um, yeah, I mean, I I guess just, like, thinking back on the relationships that were in that movie, like, I I just don't get them as a thing. Yeah. But, um, I mean, the music was great. I mean, for me, it was always about, like, the music and kind of, like, spotting the musicians that were in the movie and, like, Mm -hmm. feeling, like, in the know. Like, I know who that is. But, um, yeah, and it never really made sense to me that Paul Westerberg was on that soundtrack. But, um, I mean, as I recall, that was sort of his, like, coming back on the scene after the replacements breakup Mm. or, like, his first, like, hey, I'm solo, check it out. Yeah, it's definitely a selling point for Um, the soundtrack itself. Um, if this is, if like you're saying, if this is early in his solo career, I'm sure the replacements had influence on all of or most of those grunge bands in one way or another. Just in the way they went, ooh. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh. um, this was that era where, like, you were joking in the replacements episode that, like, you know, Paul Westerberg put on a suit. This was that era where Paul Westerberg was wearing suits. Yeah. And Looks they were all a little too big for him. Mm, okay. <laughs> uh, I'm looking at him right now. I mean, that's that's definitely not a 90s picture, though. So, I have often thought that had I not known about... Had I not been aware of Paul Westerberg in my formative years, mm-hmm. 
that I probably would not have dated nearly as many men and I probably would have just stuck with women. But <laughs> sure, something sure. <laughs> something about Paul Westerberg is just like and and you know at the time that I the Paul Westerberg that I saw when I was growing up was, you know, this like chain-smoking alcoholic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who was both brilliant and a dipshit. <laughs> and so, like, if that's what led me to being fine with dating men, like, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, he, he is, uh, if everybody's got their, their uh, stereotype of, of what perfect person is, I, it might be Paul Westerberg for me. Yeah. So... Be careful what you say today. Um, I do have a couple quick timestamps here. There's like a cool like post chorus, I guess, at 103. I'm waiting for the day, waiting for the day that you come my way. But I really like it. Um, I like that his voice kind of like goes up uh, in pitch a bit there uh, and has very cool like uh, descending, descending, ascending, whatever guitar line in the background, like in between before it jumped back into the chorus. Yeah, it's cool. He's got, he has some interesting delivery and like song structure techniques that like don't stick out unless you're really paying attention. But it's, yeah, it's cool. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. Really cool. and some of the, and we'll we'll pick up on this in some of the other songs too. But it's also sort of like the way he constructs lyrics. Yeah. They're pretty formulaic until something takes you by surprise, and you're like, "Wait, what?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's not all that unusual, but it's just like that was just enough of a little twist on it that you're like, "Oh, whoa, that's yeah." So one thing that's. Uh, do you have more timestamps? I, I do, but we can keep keep going. Okay. No, I was just going to kind of wander off and say that one thing to know about Paul Westerberg is he does not seem to have met a soundtrack he doesn't like. <laughs> um, he's had mm, songs on the soundtrack of Melrose Place, of um, Friends. Uh, he did songs for a animated movie about bears sometime about oh, 10 yeah. years ago. Oh, yeah, um, Open Season. Yeah, I haven't yet to listen to those songs. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like, I think it's just like, and I'm not above, like, listening to kids' songs. Or mm-hmm. Like, I love, I went to the library today and picked up, like, a kid's book that I read when I was younger that I wanted to read again. Like, mm-hmm. But um, I think it's just like the, I think it, it's about hunting, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Something I haven't yeah, seen. Yeah, I think. Maybe, but... I think maybe my little bleeding heart can't take it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we have friends. I am Sam. Oh God, yes, I am Sam. Um, That's a movie that. I don't know why we're not all apologizing for that. <laughs> Catch and release. I don't know what that is. I guess it's a movie. Catch and Release, I want to say, was like a really bad rom-com. I'm going to look it up on my phone. Let's oh, is see. That, Catch um... and Release, Romance Drama 2016. Oh, is that Jennifer Garner, it looks like. Weird. Yes, it is. 
Interesting. Jennifer Gardner, Sam Yeager, Kevin Smith, Timely Oliphant. <laughs> music, music composed by Tommy Stinson. Pretty good uh, soundtrack. You got Foo Fighters, Lemonheads, Gary Jules, Gomez, Paul Westerberg, Death Cab for Cutie, Doves. Pretty solid. Damn. Yeah. That's for a rom-com? Damn, that's pretty... Uh, some other bands I have not. So that's the single of. soundtrack of 2007. <laughs> <laughs> I've not heard. I have not heard about Gomez in a minute. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, back to this song. Uh, yeah. Unplug my phone. Uh, let's see. This is another thing he does. I think he does this on a couple songs, but he like takes the chorus and he like fragments it up and like does it in different ways. Um, so this is kind of like one of the fragmented kind of versions of it. Waiting for somebody. It's just a kind of really interesting, different way of like doing things, and like it's it's a little bit the chorus, but then there's some like little real brief like guitar lead solo type things um yeah it's cool yeah he's good Um, thank you that's what i wanted to hear (laughs) let's do okay i'm gonna go 255 and see if this has a thing i like and a thing i don't like Uh oh Good solo, just the right amount of rock and roll, unlike that other okay. s- replacement song. Um, D- that, song, that song was like a minute and a half long. <laughs> that, and it didn't need a solo. Could have been a minute 20. <laughs> um, uh, I, boy, the hey, the like, hey, no thank you. Don't ever do that. Really? I do not like the hey. Like all the other like backing vocals work well. Totally cool. I could do without the hey part. Yeah, I don't mind it so much. And normally that is the kind of thing that would sort of make me cringe. There's like a very, um, there's like a single from one of his other solo albums that like I both love and hate at the same time. <laughs> yeah. And I almost put it on the, the playlist, but it's just... There, there, there are some moments in in Paul Westberg songs where you do kind of go, mm. yeah, yeah, um, yeah. We, there's a reason World Class Fat isn't on that playlist. But uh-huh. so, but what you said you did like something. I did like the, the solo. solo. The solo was good. Okay, it was cool. It was. They just shreddy. didn't need to ruin it with the hay. Yeah, I could have gone. I could have done without the haze behind it. But yeah, I, I mean, he's a good songwriter. Like kind of. Yeah. So do we need to do the other four songs? No, we do. We do. I'm (laughs) I'm going somewhere with this. He's he's a good songwriter. Uh, Before, now I'm like, okay, yeah, I get I get why you like this guy. But like a few weeks ago, I was like, how can you like him? Go.
there you go. There you go. You did it. I almost yes. I stepped on it. Yes. I almost stepped on it. <laughs> uh, how can you like him off of Folker? You Folker from 2004. Vagrant Records. Man, boy, did I love Vagrant Records in the early aughts. Um, Was that one on Vagrant? Mm-hmm. Mm. So I did kind of become aware of Grandpa Boy, at least, because I remember when Stereo Mono came out, and I listened to a little bit, and I, I didn't get it back then. I think I told this story already on the Replacements episode. Uh, I didn't get it yeah. then, and so I'm excited to, to revisit that stuff now, 20-some-odd years later. I did want to look... I forgot to look this up earlier. I was... Uh, every, Lindsay already knows this, but... Um, I'm going to tell everyone else. I was scrambling to make notes today. And so I was like writing down thoughts that I wanted to look up, but I never got around to looking them up. So I'm going to do that really quick. Yeah. And so, I mean, this is, while you're looking things up, I'll just sort of say like, again, this is another one of those ones where I gave you a bunch of songs in a really condensed time period, Mm. but it's because they're good songs. Yeah. Um, And it's just, you know, I can't fit 30 years into five songs so there yeah so there like like the replacements i picked my favorite five and mm-hmm. um, three of them were good you know. that's right um, no so this is this is not the joe jackson song is she really going out with him which is what i immediately which thought of when i read yeah. that uh, song title and wasn't that aren't you glad i looked that up to see who who joe jackson was Oh, we, we could talk about Joe Jackson. We could talk so much about Joe Jackson. Oh yeah. Um, I no, not like I don't want to make you a playlist. Like you should, you should listen to Look Sharp. Okay. But you can kind of stop and start there, okay. in my opinion. There is that what that like uh, throwing that song is on that album? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's a good song. I like that song. Um, yeah, it's got she really going out with him. It's got. Um, I have like three versions of this album, three versions of that album. Wow. I've forgotten like all that. Yeah, no, there's a like. We don't really need to talk about Joe Jackson, right now. <laughs> okay. but it's got like it's got um, the song "Got the Time," which like Anthrax covered. Whoa. Uh, so, oh, "Pretty Girls." "Pretty Girls" is a really mm. good song. Uh, Sunday paper. Now there's a song in my head. <laughs> Listen to "Look Sharp." Okay. Uh, but take it with a grain of salt because I read his autobiography and I don't. Oh, that's never like a good idea. Yeah, but it's something that I always do. I, I read rock autobiographies all the time. It's like a hobby. <laughs> like I just I yeah I I don't know. Like I will read any music related book that I can come across, mm. but rock bios and autobiographies. Uh, I have a love-hate relationship with them all, but I could, I could, I mean, like we we could like have a whole splinter like like book circle po- podcast just on music books. Mm-hmm. Someday. Yeah. Anyway. Someday. Hey. Yeah. Does this one start with a weird <laughs> thing? I don't remember. This is the one that starts go, 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 <laughs> go. Um, so another really good song. Yeah, we're, we're not to my favorite yet, than... but yes, okay. and very different from the, the previous song. Is that what you're saying? Very different from the previous song, very different from what uh, you got on the Replacements playlist. Mm-hmm. I think sort of kin to the next song you're going to get to, but um, 
just a, a different vibe than what you've been given before. Mm-hmm. He's got interesting vocal delivery on this one again. Uh, his voice sounds very like slurred and stuff and kind of tired. Tired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It made me think of like, you know, his drunken, drugged out days and stuff like that and wondering if that, you know, has caught up with him and his vocal, uh, his vocal. Oh, see, to me, he just sounds tired and lovelorn. Yeah. Like a. There's yeah. the chorus, especially. That's my second timestamp. It, it just sounds so like sorrowful and depressing. Mm-hmm. And it's, oh, it's great. But yeah, the slurred it. and weird, weird sounding vocals. That's this one. And I also like that he ends the sentence with how and starts the next starts the chorus with how and yeah. just kind of blends those together. It's very cool and yeah, just really, I don't know it. It didn't occur to me until today listening to it that how like slowly he's making it through that verse and just kind of like slowly getting through those words. It's I don't know. It's really. Really cool. And then the chorus hits, and it just sounds so depressing. Yeah. Which is crazy. And I don't have any... I don't have any timestamps for this, but the little lead parts that... Like, I don't even know if you... I don't even remember if there's, like, a full solo in there, but there's, like, just a really nice lead part mm-hmm. that's just, like, very kind of rich for this very... Um, yeah, I mean, it like sounds a little hungover. Like the yeah, song yeah, sounds yeah. a little hungover, and then there's just like this very rich, sweet guitar going through it. That's who. Um, it reminded me of uh, a, a musician that I only know one song of, uh, but Reckless Eric. It reminds me a lot of that one Reckless Eric song that's everywhere. Oh, we talked about. Didn't we talk about Reckless Eric? Um, Possibly. Didn't we talk about Reckless Eric related to like. When we were on the movie episode. Oh, maybe. I can't remember. No, I don't know what I'm thinking of. Um, but I, I know that one song, uh, Whole Wide World, because um, of movies and things. Uh, I've never really listened to other stuff from him. But his, this whole song made me think of what I know of Reckless Eric. Um, which is good. Like, I, I really like that song. I just, for some reason, never branched out. Um, let's hear the chorus. Such a good chorus. Yeah. It sounds so sad. Yeah, hungover is a good way to put it. It sounds like a song he wrote like early in the morning. So, like, 
don't, it's, it's really interesting. Like it, it's something you don't notice or I didn't notice anyway, just listening to it. But it, I've said this too many times on this podcast, but it's something that I like about doing this is having to sit down and like pay attention to the way things are being presented in a song. And it just adds to like the sadness of it because it's already a sad feeling song. Um, but just having that slow, like, okay, I'm singing these lyrics and I'm, I'm gonna get through this kind of pr- presentation is really, really nice. It's just great. It's just a beautiful song, but I really love Lauren's song. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then I have a um, You're in Trouble kind of time stamp. Uh, what's with tacking an extra song at the end of this one? five songs I, or less i didn't it's technically part of the track it's it's <laughs> it's like the beatles cry baby cry yes yes do you know Once what's again, that about what's, what's it about do you know like what cry baby no cry. no no this one <laughs> um i mean i don't what can do you, you mean by what's him? It about? can you find out um, like why he did that oh if if I knew Paul Westerberg, boy howdy. Um, no, I, I I don't have any insight there. I, I'm but I, I but I love it. I love that little tacked on bit. It's weird because like that whole part is it's not included in the lyrics. I mean, if you listen to the whole album, it flows in and out of the album. But I but I oh, mean really? in relation to that specific song. Well, like I mean like. I don't. I don't know if I mean to say flows in and out of the album. Mm-hmm. It, it 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 fits into the album. I yeah, guess yeah, is yeah. all I'm trying to say. Okay. Interesting. But I don't know. Yeah, I, I like. I don't really have anything to say about that part other than it took me by surprise. Thinking about it, I do think a, a running thread of me being on this podcast is me trying to foist six songs on you, <laughs> one way or another. That's okay. Either by like accidentally yeah, switching yeah, yeah. Up the playlist, <laughs> three or days sending after you, you like the playlist. Oh, I want to change yeah. it. <laughs> or you know, like sending you a live show, and it's like, oh, the song I want you to hear is second, but the song they play before that's really good too. You should hear it <laughs> just in case. Six songs uh, on a five-song uh, playlist is the only lie worth telling. Call me when your arms are empty That's the only way it can be Call me when you're full of pretty lies Does that, does, does that work? Oh. Maybe. It made more sense in my head. Boy Howdy, do I love this song. I took your Boy Howdy from you. Boy Howdy. This song is fucking great. It sounds like Billy Bragg in so many great ways. And uh, I really, really, really like it. This is my favorite. It's a beautiful song. Beautiful song. Yeah, it's very simple and just well written. And 
I don't know. I'm out of words to say about it, but I love it. Only lie worth telling is I'm in love with you. Only lie worth telling is I'm in love with you. I mean, it's a great follow up to the last song, too. Oh, yeah. Like, that hungover morning he played. Uh, the other song first, and then he played this song. Oh, God, if I, I wish I had made timestamps, because I think it's the bridge that I really love on this song. Okay, okay. Like, it's just a, it's just like a... I think I have that. Okay, cool. It's a Friday at the end of a long week, my, my yeah, yeah, mind yeah. is just not, yeah. So, I don't know, tell me, uh, why'd you pick this song? Um, I was in a mood. <laughs> no, I mean, it's just, it's just a really, really... Beautiful song. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is just, you know, like I do love my Love Lorne songs, but it's just very, um, you know, I was sort of thinking about this will not make sense to you. And I don't think it will make sense to anybody who's listening. But I was sort of thinking of these five songs as like stages of divorce. Mm. Okay. Um, like this is. This is like just before the divorce hits. Mm-hmm. This is like, this is like it's about to split. Waiting for somebody is like year three after the divorce, where you finally got your sea legs back a little bit, but you're not <laughs> quite there. These are these are you know shout out to my divorce folks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but but yeah, no, I just yeah. I mean, I think you know like. These, these are the songs I respond to, and, and I think that this sort of, um, you know, like it, I think it hits a, a very deep place in anybody who's been in any kind of relationship where, like, whether it's, like, care or commitment, you're just in this situation where you just know it's not working, but nobody can say it out loud yet, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's a great song. It's very good. So Stereo Mono, the album, is kind of a... A double album split between solo work and then Grandpa Boy. And I've never really, I don't, I don't really think of Grandpa Boy as anything really different. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, I don't know that there's like an established Grandpa Boy band. Mm-hmm. I mean, am I wrong there? I couldn't really find anything. Like, it seemed like the people credited uh, on Grandpa Boy were on all the Grandpa Boy albums, according to Discogs. I didn't really dig super deep into it, so and and frankly, I didn't either. So that could be my yeah. mistake. But they um, didn't have uh, all the members didn't have other history outside of Grandpa Boy, though. So that that's yeah. kind of what I would want to dig into to see like who those people are, because uh, I was mm-hmm. kind of expecting members of the replacements or you know something like that. Yeah, and I may I may have it wrong that it is sort of like more of a formal band, but I just it may be that I'm so Westerberg centric that I just couldn't mm-hmm. see it that way. I mean, there's not much like the next song I think is uh, Grandpa Boy, and like aside from it being a full band, there's not too much different. Like it still just sounds like his solo work. Oh, totally, but in the best way. Anyway, back to this song. God, these notes are so dumb. I wrote 141. 
good. It's good, Lindsay. <laughs> this is, these are these are Lindsay That's notes it. you've written. Did you use Did you use the patented Cody? Uh, yes. The Cody. Yes. Oh, you used the Cody I, method. I didn't get everything. Like I don't have the lyrics because I usually have the lyrics on here too. But yeah, I've got my album, my pages, songwriter Paul Westerberg label, year, album, all that kind of stuff. I need to be better. I thought I I can't find my notes that I originally made on this, and so I'm just waiting. I got to go with the Cody mm-hmm. system, the Cody method. Um, I made it in Google Docs, but it, I ended up not liking it, so I just do it in pages now. Anyway, let's let's hear what I think is good. You lied enough, open wide enough to drive a truck straight through only Bell pre-chorus part. It's yeah. good. My note is correct. It is good, yeah. And then I think this is the bridge here where I say I love it. If you need someone to tell him the thing you've done, can lie to me, I'm the one content to be your friend. If you need someone to tell him the thing Just the, his voice getting higher there. So nice. Yeah. It makes the song. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the song is good. Mm-hmm. I mean, correct note, good. <laughs> but, like, that, that part just, like, sets it apart from so many other songs that are essentially that. I mean, you know, like, he's not treading new ground no. necessarily. Yeah. But he's... But he'll knock you on your ass yeah, sometimes. Yeah, yeah. It's really, it's really fucking good. Boy, do I love this song. Yeah, and so that's that's the thing is like there will be songs that you don't like or even like really hate mm-hmm. um, or maybe just guitar solos that you really hate. <laughs> but then, you know, then there'll be songs with horns that you shouldn't oh. like and you love. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> But then I think we can agree that there's some just perfect songs that this man writes. Yeah. I don't know. I just kind of feel like... A lot of those songs, uh, that like the good songs and the bad songs on the album are kind of like hashing it out and trying to figure things out, and they're just like, let's not belong together. Okay. Yours is tense, mine is dull. You take offense, I take a fall. Uh, so this is grandpa boy and this is one of those ones that has that okay okay yeah okay yeah this one's very good uh reminds me again of t-rex which is fun and a little bit of get up kids too like i know for a fact that the get up kids love the replacements and paul westerberg and they wouldn't sound the way they do if it weren't for, for him. So it's kind of cool to hear. Like, it was even cool when on the replacements one where I could hear the obvious parts that Jawbreaker grabbed from them as well. Yeah. Uh, but you can kind of hear what um, possibly Get Up Kids grabbed 
because this is 2002, so this is around the time that get up kids were trying different things that didn't work out very well, but I could see them grabbing <laughs> from somebody doing it right, you know? I don't have a timestamp on that. It must just be the intro. I hate this album cover. Yeah, I don't... It, I don't he looks like a vampire, but... I, no thank you, Grandpa Boy. You should see the way he dressed in... Yeah, he's 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 not my favorite dresser. <laughs> like as much as I as much as I've like, as much as I've swooned over over the what this man has done to shape my view of of what makes a good man, mm-hmm. um, he's a terrible dresser. <laughs> he needs he needs some help in that department. Yeah, it's got that like kind of T Rex shuffle to it, you yeah. know. And then his vocal delivery is very like Matt Pryor, Get Up Kids. Definitely heard that. Well, and that that like that little bit there. You take offense, I take a full minute. Mm-hmm. Like just the delivery there, I just yeah. love it. And and that's one of those places where like you could see it. You could see him just like going with something simpler there. That you know. Because, I mean, it's a very simple song. I mean, anybody could put those chords together. But I, I just um, love that. Like, I feel like he's doing it on purpose because he does it again later when he's, uh, which is the another one of my time stamps, because he's talking about patience. And it takes... Oh, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. And it's perfect. Yeah. It, like, thematically works so yeah. well. But, um, yeah, I think thematically, one of the things that I love about this song is it's not like... It's not like I love you. It's not like I hate you. It's just... Uh, did you ever read Go Dogs Go? Mm-hmm. Go Dog Go? Oh, like the Dr. Seuss book? Yeah. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Okay. So there's this... I like. I want to walk over to my shelf and get it <laughs> for you. But you know how... Ba- basically, how you know how like there are sort of... There's no real like... It's just basically all these dogs through the whole fucking mm-hmm. thing. <laughs> Danny, there's these dogs, yeah, the dogs. whole fucking thing. Um, <laughs> oh, your librarian friends and family are cringing right now. <laughs> but these, these fucking dogs, right? So these, so these fucking dogs, they're just going around. Um, but a couple times throughout the book, there are these two dogs on scooters that just scoot up together. Mm-hmm. And the one dog says hello, the other dog says hello. And the first dog says, do you like my hat? And the other dog says no. And then they just go their separate ways. But not harsh. She's like, she's like, do you like my hat? He's like, no. They're like, okay. And they just go there. She's not hurt. He wasn't a dick about it. She asked a direct question. Yeah. And that's how I feel about this song. (laughs) (laughs) These fucking dogs, Danny. (laughs) But no, but... uh, no, but it really is one of the things that I love about this song is it's just like this really rollicking song, like not about being in love, not about breaking up, not about unrequited love, but just like, yeah, <laughs> just fuck it. There's no reason. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> See you later. See you later. It's not like fuck. It's not like fuck you. It's just like, yeah. I don't like your yeah. hat. Let's move yeah. on. Yeah. We can keep going. <laughs> yeah. It's a good book. You should check it out. Okay. That's why I think. It's on Han Orlas's shelf, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, I think you probably have a good um, source for books. Yeah, yeah. Might be a good pipeline there. Um, this is that uh, the other verse with the patience part or whatever. So. Oh, I love it. 
So weird, so weird. I love it, but but it's perfect. Yeah. But it, and but thematically, it's that same thing. Mm-hmm. Teach you some patience, and you have to fucking wait for him to finish mm-hmm. that line. Yeah, because and oh, you so good. It, you're really expecting the that line to end at a certain spot, and end on a rhyme, but it doesn't. And oh. But then he does eventually yeah, yeah, get yeah. to the he rhyme. Yeah, he gets there eventually. Yeah, but like in his own fucking mm-hmm. on his at his pace. Yeah, at his pace. At his pace. It's good stuff. Um, yeah. He does not like her hat. <laughs> I don't like his hat in this picture. <laughs> uh, and then he does another one of those variation chorus thingies. So let's hear that real quick. I was really trying to come up with a way earlier when I was driving around listening to this to come up with a way to introduce the song as snot belong together because that's what it sounds <laughs> like they're saying but I'm just not that creative when it comes to that. We're, we're going to have our, our gross out puns in a minute here. Ooh, so uh-oh. There's still room. Um, oh, yeah. That's, that's, that's true. <laughs> uh, but yeah, really good song. Man knows what he's doing. He does. He knows what he's doing. We only have one more song, so, but I, I think I can hold it because I kind of do have to pee. G-M. When our lips participate soon and my eyes precipitate, I hate to stop but really have to go. It took me like quite a while to like realize have to pee like like one half to pee and yeah it took me it took me longer than it should have like while you were even listening to the song you didn't Mm -hmm. get it Mm -hmm. i mean like literally this whole song is about having to pee Mm. Um, it's been not the brightest bulb not the brightest bulb but hey this song's really good it's fun it's cute uh, I don't know much of anything about Juliana Hatfield. She's amazing. Except she had a song on the Saturday Morning Cartoon soundtrack when I was in junior high, and it was really cool. She's great. Her memoir is fantastic. Oh. I really, really love her. Okay. I wish I knew more about her. Um, she Remember I gave you the cover of Temptation Eyes on the mm-hmm. re- Replacements episode? Her first band, Blake Babies, oh, yeah. did... A really great cover of Temptation Ice that I really, really love. Hmm. Okay. What is the song that she did on Saturday Morning Cartoons? There we go. Saturday Morning Cartoons Greatest Hits. We've got Liz Fair with Material Issues, Sponge, Mary Lee Lord with Semisonic, Matthew Sweet, Juliana Hatfield, and Tanya Donnelly doing Josie and the Pussycats. Yeah, from, from Belly. Oh. Josie and the Pussycats, that's a movie we could have talked about mm-hmm. on the movie episode. Uh, God, that soundtrack, yeah. or that compilation was so good. Did you ever listen to that one as a youth? I didn't. Um, I didn't, no. Um, 
No. It's, I couldn't tell you why, but... It's no, I mean, everybody on there sounded really mm-hmm. good. Sponge is a band that I don't think about super... Sponge is a band I don't think about super often that I never listen to, mm-hmm. but when that big... No, they had, like, two big hits, right? But when I hear one of those two big Sponge radio hits, I'm like, oh, I kind of like this, and I'm really yeah, yeah, yeah. that I like this. Um, I'm gonna, I feel like this was released on vinyl. Oh, yeah, look, it's on my want list. See how many millions of dollars this is. I want to say oh, eighty three dollars. Not that bad. Thirty nine ninety nine. Thirty nine ninety nine, like mid range or like uh, cheapest for sale for thirty nine ninety nine. Cheapest it went was nineteen eighty four. What was what was highest it went ninety five. Okay, so my eighty three isn't so yeah, yeah, yeah. out there. Okay, okay. Uh, oh yeah, there was a record store day version as well. Thirty seven. Shit, I gotta buy this thing. I'm not gonna do it right now, though. Um, anyway, I only have one. Oh, I only have one timestamp on this, and it's not a very nice timestamp. Well, it's a it's a fairly short song. Yeah. Um, the little alphabet part reminds me of a Woco song that I don't remember, but I think it's on um, the Whole Love album. So there's that. How's this album? This um, Wild Stab. Wild Stab? I like Wild Stab. Mm-hmm. I think like it's it's a good album. It made me want like more of this and that there's just never been more of that. But I think like when I wanna pull this up, like if I get into a mood to listen to Paul Westerberg or I'm in a mood to listen to Julia Hatfield, I always pull this song into whatever I'm doing because it's just such a it just makes me happy this song. And I like I oh you know, I got into you know, I, I every playlist I give you is like some sort of level and shit, but this is just like a fun, stupid, goofy yeah. song. You need that every once in a while. Oh, by the way, everyone, we didn't say the name of this band. This band is called the I Don't Cares. Pretty good band name. They're a pretty good band name. I, what I love about the band name is it's the kind of band name that like a 13-year-old band would have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And these people are like... <laughs> conservatively at least one of them is over 50 yeah 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 you know yeah it's a good song it's a fun song there's one point in the song he says something about he says something like guitar or something like that give me that guitar guitar. which is a little cringe but a little cringe and then the guitar doesn't do anything cool (laughs) that's part of what's hilarious though Uh. the whole song yeah, I, I mean this like don't. It's got a sense of humor to it, isn't yeah, that the best? Yes, yes. It's very fun. Yeah. I wish I had a timestamp for you because it's just a good song. I'll, well, I'll find the chorus real quick or or some part and just play yeah. it. Let's go to when you kind of like. I mean, it's stupid. What do you think thirty five seconds? You, when you call me, baby, you need to find an alley. <laughs> um, yeah. What if, Here we go. Thirty five seconds. When you call me, baby. Literally the line that you were just talking about. Yeah. That's <laughs> so it's good. good. Good stuff. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. This is super fun. I like this playlist a lot. Um, I, I mean, I said that about the Replacements playlist too. I'm honestly more confident 
uh, hearing these songs in kind of branching out into some of his other solo stuff. I think I might check out the mono stereo album mm-hmm. or albums um, to see what those are all about. Kind of excited to, to hear that stuff. I don't remember I what I... the bullet. What? I might bite the bullet and listen to that like kids album soundtrack. That kids movie soundtrack. Oh, Saturday morning cartoon? No, no, no. The um the one about hunting. Oh, open season. The oh, okay, okay. Open season, yeah. Um I didn't mean to interrupt you though, because no, we're okay. we're we're in um we're in scoring territory. We're in scoring territory. I don't remember what I uh brought uh replacements down to, but I know it was under four Um so I'm gonna No, I think it was like at four because i think you were like i I don't mean to like keep interrupting you here but like i was still shocked that like you (laughs) no 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 but i the whole i i I think the whole thing is i think we just need to erase the replacements from canon sure and just like let's not comparatively grade let's just uh how do you feel about paul um how's paulie westy i here's what i'll say I'm going to give Paul Westerberg, this Paul Westerberg playlist, these five songs, I'm going to give them four seconds of my summer, and whatever I gave the replacements, it's now 3.9. Okay. (laughs) I'll take it. (laughs) I'm glad we finally did this playlist. I kind of forgot about it, and then I would like scroll through and be like, oh, I need to give some, I need to come up with something to give to to whoever and I would scroll through my playlist because I have a bunch made that are just kind of like sitting there and I'm like oh yeah that Paul Westbrook I've got one from Nate too that's just sitting waiting uh, Girls Against Boys that band uh, just mm-hmm. kind of like sitting there waiting for some reason we haven't done it yet but yeah so I'm glad we finally did this playlist because um, I ended up liking it a lot yeah, yeah yeah he's a good fella yeah he knows what he's doing on that on that guitar he sure do yeah Thanks for listening, everybody. Lindsay will be back soon on a couple different episodes. So fucking get excited about it. <laughs> I don't know if you... Okay. <laughs> Me? I, sure. Somebody. Somebody get excited. Somebody. Somebody. Yeah. My mom. Yeah. Tell your mom I, about it. No, tell your mom about Amanda no, Shires. Oh, no, I got to cut that, that out. We're not supposed to talk about who we're getting... Well, if anyone listened to... The Lily well, May yeah, no, he did. He did okay. say that, but I mean, it is it is an opportunity to bleep things again because I know you love it so much when we ask you to cut and bleep. <laughs> uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Bye bye. <laughs>